Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Cage Fight Podcast. This podcast is rapidly approaching my age. <laughs> well, it's, it's also the podcast that is uh, officially licensed by the TV show 24 uh, starring uh, Keeper oh, yeah. Sutherland as Jack Bauer. Yeah. This is the Jack Bauer episode. Yeah. Okay. The, the Jack Bauer sode. Yeah. Jack Bauer sode. <laughs> um, so today we are here to talk to you about two illustrious films, uh, Red Rock West a movie that you probably never heard of, but I, th I think it was like straight to HBO or something. We'll discuss it in there. It had a limited theatrical run. Um, and uh, returning champion, Trapped in Paradise from the first Hell round. Yeah. I believe that was in episode seven. I have no idea, but Hold all on. I remember is I fucking love this movie. Yeah, trapped <laughs> in Paradise, more like Trapped in, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> Hell yeah, Trapped in, talk about it. Uh, well, as you'll know from uh, our previous episode, the the cast of the movie while they were working on it uh, called it Trapped in Bullshit. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> well, also Trapped in Headstrong, I'll take you on. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'll take on one. <laughs> yeah, T-R-A-P-T in, in Paradise. Paradise. Dude, could you imagine... The vocalist of Trapped, Chris Brown. Not that Chris Brown, different. Probably Whoa. even a bigger piece of shit, Chris Brown. Being in I a Nick know. Cage movie in the early 90s, oh, dude. Oh, my God. Let me tell you something. God. I'm in paradise whenever I'm listening to Trapped. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> so these, uh, these two illustrious films from 93 and 94, respectively, are things we're going to be discussing. We're, we're getting back in the mindset of the, the early <laughs> 90s. We're going to fucking, I don't know. Yeah, these movies are only like a, a year apart, I think. Mm, yeah, yeah. Kind, kind of in the glory, like the 90s were kind of the glory days of Nick Cage. Yeah. I think we can mostly agree with that. From like the 90s to like the very early 2000s were like the best period of Nick Cage. Yeah, I mean, especially, this is when I want to see him shirtless and I want to see him oh. yelling, fuck Mexico! <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't or, like, know. like there's something about your face! <laughs> you know, stuff like that. I don't, like I don't know if uh, Lord of War or if uh, National Trevor, Treasure... National, National Trevor. Trevor. Yeah, National yeah. Trevor Moore. Hell yeah, yeah. dude. National <laughs> Trevor Noah. <laughs> we'll talk about really funny uh, left-wing comedians. Trevor oh, Noah. <laughs> but I, I don't know which one of those two came out before the other, but the, uh, the later one was probably like the last great hurrah of his career I, I before National it started going Treasure out. National Treasure came out in 2003 and Lord of War came out like 2004, 2005. I think they were both 2005. You think so? Really? Yeah. I guess where National Treasure came out in 2003. It was a good year. <laughs> A uh, movie that like should have won uh, its matchup, and a movie that will win its matchup. So. Hang on, hang on. Did, did you guys hear that? I, no, I didn't hear anything. What, what was going on? A plane just crashed into the cage fight facility. What? 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 It's these headphones that are over my ears. Must have blocked damn, the noise. These are good headphones. <laughs> yeah. God damn. Wait, where is the plane? I didn't it, feel it, anything either. Um. Uh. Well, we've got a... the Chinese goddess. <laughs> it's oh, the shit. Chinese, the goddamn shit. Chinese, it's those goddamn red Chinese. What the fuck? We, but uh, our only choice is to launch war against them. I agree. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not really doing. We'll put a boot in their ass. It's the American way. <laughs> yeah. Is Toby Keith here? To, was Toby Keith flying the plane? <laughs> Oh, we need to talk about. No. We need to get Alan Jackson I, to write I mean, a song about I do have a Toby. Today. I do have a Toby Keith factoid about one of the movies we'll talk about in a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. Toby Keith uh, birthed uh, Dwight Yoakam, uh, and, and then Dwight Yoakam was a truck driver in Red Rock West. More, more like uh, more like Dwight Jenkum. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! But we Dwight. are. Um, that is. 
an interesting fact. We are just a day away from 9-11 on our day of recording. Yeah, which is like the Salem. third most common thing we talk about in this podcast. <laughs> it's, it's true. Like fucking yeah. Brian Singer, uh, Whitney, Wisconsin, fucking 9-11, and then Nick Cage. Well, <laughs> when it comes to 9-11, you're supposed to never forget. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, yeah. as I've said before, I try to bring it up once in every conversation I have. Um, you know, the dumb thing is, though, what we should be recording today is – the episode that I think is coming up next, which yeah, is the fucking the World Trade Center episode. So, so, so here's the thing. I, I think uh, furries will never forget 9-11. Never forget. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have some new uh, furry Twitter followers that I uh, was oh, interacting okay. with. So, uh, Wait, you have, we have furry followers? I saw that you had followed a furry. Oh, and they were... <laughs> I followed a furry um, and okay. they uh, hate Nicolas Cage, um, but I said something about somebody's feet and um, they... Maybe a listener now. I don't know. Um, So I'm not going to say what I usually say about furries and we'll go back uh, to previous episodes and cut all that out. Does does, does that furry happen to be multi-Evo winning uh, FGC gamer uh, Sonic Fox? Sonic Fox. I mean, I hope so. I mean, we're talking about hedgehogs a lot today. Yeah, we have. We've talked a lot about hedgehogs sucking their own dicks and Mm, I bet you Sonic Fox would like to suck his own dick. (laughs) I Uh Sure hope so. Hell yeah. I'd just like to say to all our furry listeners, uh, yif in peace. But uh, <laughs> we, we love you and we understand you. Uh, I mean, it doesn't mean that we I don't really understand, understand your life it, choices. I, I <laughs> Listen, it's not uh, that we respect your life choices. It's that we we tolerate your existence. Wait, you know how there's that like uh, like movie torrent person, Yiffy? Oh, my God. Do you think they're a furry? I didn't I think, think about so. that. I think so. Well, let's hit them up later and let's uh, let's do some yiffing. <laughs> well, Yiffy, uh, if you are in fact a furry, uh, you've helped out this podcast a lot. So, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, shall we get into the movies? Or... Absolutely. Um, let's fucking do it. Okay. The first item of discussion will be Red Rock West, mm-hmm. Article um, One, Episode Two Four. Article one of the Cage Fight Constitution, Red Rock West. Uh, Is that going to be in our version of the National Treasure? Yeah, actually, we definitely need to write up a constitution for National Treasure. We do. Uh, um, Is the U.S. going to invade us because our constitution is a little too, you know? uh, The U.S. has – It's not oligarchic enough. Um, Okay, fair enough. The U.S. has said multiple times that they're not okay with us doing this podcast and many of the things that we do on this podcast. So um, as far as I'm concerned, we're doing a good job. Although oddly, they were the most supportive of the Snowden episode. Oddly enough, they they gave us a lot of money and supplies. Through war, through Lord of War, they they did a proxy yeah. through Lord of yeah. War. I checked the downloads for that, and um, a lot in Fallujah. Uh-huh. Uh, so makes sense. Um, but Red Rock West came out in 1993. It's rated R. Was directed by John Dahl, Rold's uh, son. Uh, quite possibly, sure, could be. I don't know. It was produced by Polygram Filled Entertainment. And propaganda films. <laughs> I mean, well, here's the thing. The original movie was called um, Red Rock West, and it was a movie about uh, the Soviets in World War II going west and forming rock and roll. Oh, uh, yeah. That's what it was about. So that's what I said. It said propaganda. It was originally about communist propaganda. Yeah, like kind of a prequel to Detroit Rock City. Yeah. I think Red Rock West should be the name of Kanye's next child. Hell <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, talk about Republican in red. You know, could happen. <laughs> uh, this movie has a runtime of ninety-eight minutes. Had a budget of seven million dollars. Can anyone guess the gross? Um, I'm gonna guess it was the gross domestic product of the United States, so like nineteen trillion dollars. Nineteen trillion—that's a lot. 
Mm. Um, I'm going to say uh, 19 trillion and one bob. Oh, shit. Oh, well, you both went over. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. I, I don't believe any movie has or ever will make the gross domestic product of the United States, but this one made $2.5 at the box office. Uh, uh, I just want to say that you're wrong. Whenever Avatar 2 finally comes out, that will fucking... It's going to make like $300 trillion. Well, that's because every American is going to be legally mandated to watch it, like coupon the yeah. movie from Mr. Shaw. It's, it's, <laughs> fuck Yeah. <laughs> Great reference. It's like legally you are required to watch this movie. So that is uh, 15 out of 42 movies, I believe, that have uh, been in the black. This, you know, just didn't make the tally. Are you talking about, well, I, I think I think it was 14 out of 43 then, right? No, evidently somehow I fucked that up and double counted. My count is wrong. Uh, <laughs> listener, just only believe the first number. That one is correct. The second one, how many movies we've covered? I don't know. I keep like reading it and second guessing myself. And you myself. do have so a degree, you, right? Uh, uh, I have like a degree of stupidity. Oh, okay. <laughs> fair enough. Okay, I will talk. Uh, it is 42. 42. Yep. Okay, so I got it right this time. Yeah. 42 hey, movies. I did that by counting the bracket instead of counting like... The reviews I done. Oh yeah, <laughs> but um, so Rotten Tomatoes. This one got a ninety-five percent from the critics. That is a resounding success. So here's the problem with that, right? It should be like ninety-seven, ninety-eight, because I looked at one of the reviews and it had a two point five out of four. That is a fresh review. That's fresh. Fifty percent exactly on the dot. No, no, no. that's two point five out of four is sixty-three percent. Oh, two point five out of four. Yes. I was thinking out of five. That's a fresh um, review, and they counted it as rotten. But that's a fresh review. So this movie only had one negative review on Rotten Tomatoes. I thought you were saying two point five out of two point four, and I was like, damn, that's pretty good. That's really good. <laughs> Imagine being like one hundred two percent. Audiences gave this a seventy-five percent, so not quite as well liked. They as by don't the critics, like Dennis but... Hopper as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think they don't like Dennis Hopper and they uh, uh, don't like the woman in this movie. I can't remember her name at the moment. Dennis yeah, Hopper? Childish. Let's get Dennis Jumper and get him to step back from that ledge, my friend. I don't know. That was bad. <laughs> uh, Den- Dennis Hopper? What is he, the fucking, fucking villain from a fucking bug's life, dude? Oh, my God. Listen, 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 my my third eye was blind to that reference that you just made. Dennis the Menace Hopper. <laughs> Dennis dude, Menace. I would I would totally. I think, wasn't Dennis Hopper in Dennis the Menace the movie? Uh, I, I hope, hope so. so. I fucking hope so, dude. I want to see Dennis the Menace Hopper fight Rude Boy Giuliani. <laughs> I want to see uh, Star Wars Episode One, uh, the Dennis Menace, <laughs> or would it be the Phantom Dennis? The, fa- the, <laughs> the Phantom, Phantom Dennis. Dennis. Yeah, and, and uh, the whole thing is it's it's just the Phantom Menace, but Dennis Hopper is just in the background. You just can't see him. He's just somewhere ethereally in the corner somewhere. <laughs> he does get cut in half at the end, but you don't see it. Uh, <laughs> Um, but that's all I have for the main facts of this. Uh, Mike, you got any trivia for us? I don't have a ton of trivia. Um, this is uh, this is one of the ones where everybody said I'm not going to review this at all or uh, tell you anything about it. Um, <laughs> so uh, what I do have for you is that Nicolas Cage uh, took this part uh, on a recommendation of Francis Ford Coppola, uh, the who we've uh, oh, discussed is his, uh, uh, uncle. Yes, his uncle. Yeah, holy dad's shit, dad's dad. Uh, no, I think um, uncle. His uncle his, and yeah. his dad. <laughs> yeah, is he having some Appalachian love going on uh, here? Yeah, it's his uncle or whatever the fuck. Um, 
And uh, he uh, apparently Francis was a, a <laughs> outspoken f- uh, fan of. So I'm stuttering all of a sudden. Uh, John Dahl's first film, Kill Me Again, uh, which is some Val Kilmer movie that came out in 1989. Oh, okay. Um, uh, but John Dahl is like a writer for TV now. Um, I could see that this movie. Maybe it's just these, uh, you know, early '90s thriller type things, but it felt very TV-ish to me somehow. I don't, I don't yeah. know what it was about it. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was a TV in kind of a good way, though. Yeah, it would have been a good TV movie. Oh, yeah, this would have yeah. been a great miniseries, just like a two, like a Stephen King two-parter or some shit like oh, that. Oh, yeah, totally. I was fucking pounding my fist the whole time. I actually watched this movie a second time this morning. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Because I was going through my notes, and I didn't really remember much of what happened. <laughs> uh, so, um, first time I've watched a movie twice in preparation for an episode. <laughs> Um, and then the other fact uh, was I referenced Dwight Yoakam before, who was the truck driver that picks up Nicolas Cage after he uh, leaves his old lady. Um, <laughs> this is uh, this is not really that interesting, but this is how star for trivia I was. Dwight Yoakam was in the movie. A Dwight Yoakam song is used in the ending credits and it's i think it's a demo version uh, hmm. uh of the the hit song uh thousand miles from nowhere by which is a really good fuck i loved that song at the end of credits I, honestly it, i was fucking crying it was uh i mean i don't think it's a bad song but it did feel a little out of place and here this movie definitely had like a western feel to it but it felt more noirish you know what i mean oh, you know yeah. uh this it movie was definitely noir well i'll get to my opinions later on once we actually talk about the actual plot also another fun fact um this movie was the very first appearance of toby keith on a soundtrack Oh, yeah. Okay. Toby now, Keith was in the soundtrack of this movie. Oh, <laughs> yeah. interesting. Well, congratulations to Toby Keith in uh, 1993. It's literally the year um, he debuted as a musician. Damn. Oh, yeah. So he's doing well for himself at this point. Um, you know, he owned that fucking shitty restaurant chain. Uh, yeah. Uh, Guy Fieri's Toby Keith chicken. <laughs> yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like every country musician had like a shitty fucking like barbecue slash like oh, yeah. some type of restaurant back in like the late 90s, early 2000s. It was like um, uh, Hollywood Cafe or whatever the fuck that was. Yeah, Hard Rock Cafe. Hard Rock Cafe. That's it's it, basically yeah. like to be a country star, you had your own line of boots, you had your rap sheet of hate crimes and your own <laughs> – fucking southern fried chicken restaurant yeah i feel like in the 90s if you did not either commit a hate crime or have a shitty restaurant chain you weren't an actual celebrity yeah i mean that was kind of the way to the top back then yeah. or or uh commit sex crimes That's or it. you know to be fair one. talk oh, about yeah. the most famous celebrity today uh <laughs> fucking mark Wahlberg has hate crimes and owns a shitty restaurant chain. So. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I mean, this is why I'm so anti-cancel culture because you can't cancel somebody who uh, inherently has to commit a hate crime to become famous. Yeah, so yeah. I feel like that's just not appropriate. Like we live in a white supremacist country, and people who, if people want to gain success and privilege in this country, they have to commit acts of white supremacy. Yeah, if you see somebody in a movie and you're like, "Hey, I like that performance," or "I like that actor," just know that you're validating white supremacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you uh, like an actor in a in a show it. or a movie, they have absolutely dropped a, a bare minimum of half a dozen racial slurs in front of the people who that racial slur would have applied to. Yeah. So you have to understand that. It's part <laughs> of the training, you know. Yeah. Um, well, uh, moving on to a plot summary here. 
which if there's ever a soundboard of me made for the uh, podcast, that will definitely be on it. <laughs> Moving on to a plot summary here. Um, so uh, we see at the start of the movie, Cage is waking up and getting ready on the side of a highway in Wyoming. And by the way, also this movie starts with Nick Cage shirtless, which I was so fucking happy to see. He dude. looks great. He looks pretty good. Yeah, or like early 90s Nick Cage, fucking snack. Yeah, oh, early yeah. 90s Nick Cage is pretty attractive. He's sometimes had some weird stuff going on with his hair. But, yeah, but like um, body yeah. eyes? He's toned. Solid. Mm-hmm. I'd um, eat ice cream off him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, he's, I shoved cocaine up his ass. <laughs> he's getting ready, apparently living After out of his car. Um, apparently living out of his car, and he's in Wyoming for a job interview for some sort of drilling related thing. I think I. Oh, I think he was trying to be like a roughneck because like an oil yeah. driller. He's trying to drill all day, baby. Yeah. Drill, baby, drill. Yeah. This is Sarah Palin's favorite movie. Well, dr- drill, baby, um, drill, but it's the Twitter personality. <laughs> <laughs> wint, baby, wint. Uh, so uh, apparently he has a leg injury. Um. That I mean, it kind of comes up maybe a little bit later in the film, but yeah, it's not really uh, I that. think the injury is he basically has a fucking third leg in his. Fucking <laughs> hey, I did think it was really weird how they just completely like, oh yeah, he's got a leg injury, and they just barely ever talk to him. He doesn't really like seem you see to him uh, limp uh, later in the movie, uh, but, but it barely seems to affect yeah. him because he does. A, well, we'll get into that. He, but has, he has a lot of crazy shit. He, in movie. Every time he walks into like a bar, he limps in strangely, <laughs> and it's not really that important, but no. it was fun to watch. Yeah, uh, but that leg injury ends up preventing him from getting the job that he drove all the way to Wyoming from Texas. From Odessa, Texas. Mm -hmm. Fuck. Because that's what I said on his uh, driver's license. From Mm -hmm. Odessa. But uh, on the way back from the job interview, he's running out of gas, stops at a gas station with his last $5 to get some gas, and uh, at the gas station, no one seems to be there, and he passes up a chance to grab some money that was just sitting there on the counter, but... He doesn't do it, which is, you know, just the film's way of showing us he's an honest man, you know? Yeah. He's, he's just an honest uh, man looking for an honest job. Yep. He's teetering on the brink, but at the end of the day, he does the right thing. You know, he's just one step closer to the edge, and he's about to break. <laughs> but uh, he's hot. he is tipped off to by the gas attendant when the attendant does show up that there is potentially a drilling job uh, in Red Rock, a, a town – a town West? in Wyoming. Yeah. <laughs> a town somewhere in Wyoming. Yes. Yeah, somewhere in Wyoming. But so Cage shows up at te- uh, Red Rock and walks into a bar there. Yeah, Nick, Nick Cage walks into a bar. <laughs> yeah, limps into a bar. Yeah, limps into a bar. <laughs> uh, but bartender says, "Hey, uh, quit uh, screaming, uh, freaking Navajo at me." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, listen, we genocided those people off this land. Okay. <laughs> but after the bartender says that. Uh, he then mistakes him for a man named Lyle from Dallas, and uh, apparently this guy had been offering Lyle from Dallas a job. So, and Cage, desperate for a job, just lies and says he is Lyle from Dallas. So when he goes into the back room to discuss with the guy, who is named Wayne, the the guy um, from Wayne's World, yeah, from Wayne's yes. World, uh, and who looked really familiar. Um, yeah, he looks, he's, looks super familiar, but when I looked up like his acting history, I didn't see anything that stood out to me. Is, yeah, he kind of looks like um, uh, not not Kevin Costner, maybe like um, maybe my, like Michael Douglas or something like that. I don't know. He looked he looked very familiar to me too, and I also looked at his his. He uh, kind of looked like the dad from. That fake Amanda show show about who was missing a toad. Does anyone oh, remember that? Yeah, oh, yeah. I remember uh, that fucking show. Uh, something moody. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I do remember that show though. Yeah, um, the fake set, the fake like drama sitcom. Yes. After looking through his list like three times trying to identify something, I think maybe I've seen him on the X Files, uh, and that's it. That would make. I feel like that actor would definitely be in like the X Files uh, as an extra or something. Yeah. Like, he has that look about um, him. But, but I don't know. Oh, sorry. He's he's a white guy. He's a white guy. But yeah, that white guy is named Wayne in this movie, and he is apparently. Hiring Cage to kill his wife, giving him $5,000 up front and says he will give him another $5,000 on completion. Cage just kind of doesn't really say anything about it, walks out with the $5,000. And, and, you know, here's the thing, right? I've heard of people being like, yo, can you fuck my wife? I've never heard of somebody being like, yo, can you kill my wife? Well, I actually, my friend Tim Lambesis uh, <laughs> um, uh, came to me a few years ago um, and asked me some, you know, he asked me some favorites that are are, are hard to do. But if you're uh, if you're a good enough friend, you'll you'll do them. So. I agree. I agree. Cage then goes to the the wife of Wayne, um, who is named Suzanne and is played by the actress who. Uh, Laura, uh, Laura Flynn Boyle, that who was played her name, Donna yeah. on Twin Peaks. Yeah. Which is interesting because there's another Twin Peaks actress in the next movie that we're going to cover here, too. But yeah. Um, talking about Twin Peaks, I mean, she was. Yeah, pretty good. Let me try I, Yeah, let me see those freaking Twin Peaks uh, <laughs> on your freaking chest. <laughs> well, Donna was cute in Twin Peaks, I'll say that. But yeah, yeah, this yeah, yeah. was very cute in this movie. I liked Laura Flynn Boyle was very cute in this movie. Yeah. Um, I loved her f- huge fucking baguette. No, <laughs> different lady, right? Uh, I don't remember her baguette. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm thinking of the log lady and then also the oh. scene where they uh, describe eating a baguette like really in depth. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, It's a mix of the two. But uh, he instead of killing uh, Suzanne... He tells her that her husband hired someone to kill her. And then he takes the money to go buy food at the gas station, writes a letter to the sheriff about how Wayne hired him to kill his wife, and then drives out of town. But uh, on the way out of town in a a dark, stormy night, uh, Cage accidentally hits a guy standing by his pickup truck outside. Who, by the way, that that guy is uh, like the, was it the ranch hand? At their house, at uh, uh, Suzanne and Wayne's. Place. Yes, yeah. I missed that, but I remember that being referenced later in the movie. <laughs> but um, so he takes that man to the hospital, uh, and is then immediately held by the police for suspected homicide because the doctors find that the man had been shot twice in the stomach. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. So, uh, when the sheriff shows up. Uh, Cage sees that the sheriff is Wayne, the man that just hired him to kill his wife. Which, so. even though that legitimately was a great moment, I, I, I figured that out a fucking mile away. Like that twist was like, I'm like, oh, the sheriff is gonna be the the fucking bar owner. I knew, I knew that was gonna happen, and then I was like, it's gonna be it, it's gonna be it. And then you see him walking, I'm like, yeah, I knew it. Yeah, it's like, I mean, country singers owning restaurants. Sheriffs owning bars. Um, yeah. It never really ends down there. Yeah. Not only, yeah, sheriffs owning bars and also winding. To be fair, I mean, cops killing their wives. I mean, I mean that that's something that would never happen, though. Oh, yeah. no. I mean, it's pretty smart when you think about it. Because who would um, suspect to, them? Uh, well, I was going to say it's a good idea to, like, get people super fucking drunk. Uh, and then you just put on your badge and pull them over as soon as they leave the <laughs> yeah. bar. You know what's a good point, though? Yeah. Dude, imagine how many fucking DUI tickets and how the Dude. revenue of that town. Oh, my God. 
Yeah. They'd, they'd be getting gold paved roads in that shit. Imagine you get you get somebody just a little bit too drunk, and then you're like, oh, public intoxication, and then you put them in jail and fine them. <laughs> Hell yeah. Dude, this is a fucking – we should do this. We should go to a small town in Wyoming and take it over. And then... Let's become cops and then open a bar and fucking arrest everybody who comes in that shit. Hell yeah. yes. But only like one of them occasionally, so like, well, I'm probably not going to get arrested tonight this time. Oh yeah, give them yeah, give them give them an opportunity to get drunk first. We don't want to be like that bar where everybody gets arrested, but that bar where it might be my turn. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the lottery, but it's just you get arrested. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that is one thing though that bothered me about this movie. It's really unrealistic that a cop would hire someone to kill his wife instead of killing his wife himself. Well, <laughs> right. fair, this was this was back in the early '90s. I feel. Like, and to be fair, cops have always been bad, but I feel like there would have been at least a, a tad bit more accountability in some aspects. Yeah. I don't know. This is like the the early 90s. This is like the heightening of, of like crime and punishment. Like the police state is like heavily ramping up. It's been ramping I, up I, since I, the I, late 80s. I feel like it wasn't ramped up enough yet to where you could have easily gotten away with something like well, that. Well, the Rodney King beating was one year before this movie. I mean, to be fair, I um, mean, you know, I mean, an entire Los Angeles got burned down for a couple days so i mean there was some pushback from that there was some pushback but not from anybody in an and listen to the, here's the thing though he was gonna he was going to murder a white woman there would have been somebody talking about it i mean come oh that's on. true if, was, yeah, if, if his wife nice. was black or something then probably not but it was a white woman but, yeah so basically wayne can uh beat uh his wife within an inch of her life but is too much of a pussy to go all the way <laughs> yeah and that's probably what happened constantly. Yeah. So Cage's car is impounded and he's handcuffed and put into Wayne's car. Uh, as Wayne drives away, he tries to kill Cage, but Cage manages to escape uh, out through the woods and stumbles onto the next road over where he is almost hit by a car. Literally like two inches away from just getting his fucking skull splattered. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, the driver of this car is Dennis Hopper, who mm. offers to give him a ride to the nearest town. Who looks like a fucking boss in this movie. Oh, he's Dennis a Hopper stuff. looks cool as shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wearing all black cowboy fucking outfit, dude. Oh, being a drunk cowboy ready yeah. to kill things. He, yeah, he looks like he looks like halfway between he looks almost like a like a halfway between fucking steampunk and like <laughs> like early 90s cowboy. He's he's kind of cool looking. But yeah, um he and uh, Cage kind of bond over the fact that well cage doesn't really bond uh but they bond over the fact that they were uh, uh they for, helped commit war crimes yeah they were both marines in vietnam and like you know burned down <laughs> villages and did yeah. terrible things. and committed the my Lai massacre <laughs> they, they once shot the same kid yeah and they're they're good friends of colin powell too. <laughs> i mean who isn't uh yeah by the way uh colin powell is a war criminal and uh if you like colin powell i will fuck you and your colon uh <laughs> unconsensually Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, of course. Of course you get that. Oh, what? Rolling Rock? Yeah. Rolling Powell. Yeah, Red <laughs> red, red, Rolling Rock West. <laughs> yeah, Red Rolling Rock West. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, going to be our porn parody of Red Take Rock me to West. Rolling Rock West, baby. We're getting twisted in the studio, and that's just a fact. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so Dennis Hopper then takes Cage to the very bar where Wayne had asked Cage to kill his wife in. This is getting to be a real hairy situation. Oh, uh, yeah. Guess, guess what? It turns out that Dennis Hopper is. <gasps> Lyle from Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> now, to be fair, I, I did kind of see that one coming, but I'm like, this guy's got to be affiliated with that fucking guy somehow. <laughs> I didn't realize he was going to be Lyle, but after a while, I'm like, oh, God. 
He's yeah, it's like, oh, killer. what? There's a third horse in this two horse town. Who the fuck could this be? He uh, basically demands that Cage let him buy uh, Cage a beer and help him get his car back. Uh, and Cage kind of relents after a minute. He's like, okay, uh, just just just, just like, one, just yeah, one. Then I'm leaving. I'll let this guy humor humor himself and like I'm. Then I'm gonna get the fuck out. Of He's here. like, hey, you're a veteran. If you don't let me buy you a fucking beer, then <laughs> I'm gonna start another war. <laughs> Damn, dude. Smedley Butler hates him. <laughs> yeah. It's uh while they're conversing at the bar there, he does discover that that Dennis Hopper is the real Lyle from Dallas. And Cage heads to the bathroom and escapes out the window just as the sheriff shows up, begins talking to Lyle. And uh, they both go out looking for him, which I got to say, if the sheriff was able to immediately recognize Lyle from Dallas there, I don't know how he mistook him for Cage in the well, first place. Well, I, I think I think so. The thing is, there, there's some co- subtext like, yo, what's up? My name's Lyle. And then like the he connected the dots just so quickly. He's like, oh, shit. And to be fair, I mean, he already knew Nick Cage wasn't who he said he was. Mm-hmm. So by the time he saw a guy dressed in all fucking black play with Dennis Hopper, he's like, oh, you must be who I'm fucking looking for. Yeah, <laughs> he basically walks in and sees Dennis Hopper and he says, hey, what is your name? Because uh, you look like you could have a name that I've heard of before. And then he <laughs> says, my name is actually Lyle and I'm come uh, here from and I'm from Dallas, Texas. Yeah. All right? so I think it was literally so, like a five second exchange and he figured it out. And mm-hmm. so he's like, oh, what the heck? What, is there two Lyles from freaking Dallas? Am I freaking Red Rock West ass freaking town? And then he's like, no, there can't be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, um, so then they go, and <laughs> they go, they go to get Nicholas Cage. They yeah. go to get Nicholas Cage. Cage gets away by climbing up onto a roof, and then as he realizes that like he needs to get away from there, he climbs from the roof onto the top of a nearby like delivery semi truck. And manages to get away in a scene that was pretty tense and interesting. He's like walking across a single two by four to get there. It's it's yeah, it's a it's, neato it's scene. It's like some uncharted four shit. Uh, so after he's on the semi for a little while, he like swings down. The driver stops and ends up giving him a ride to uh, Suzanne's house, the woman he was hired to kill. Yeah, despite the fact that uh, he assumes that he's been found out, he still wants to go ahead and uh, kill this bitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think it was more that he wants to kill her and uh, do some necrophilia to her. Yeah, I think that's he, just, he, he wants to make sure he kills her before Lyle can. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't want the money. He just yeah. wants to do the. He just want money. He wants fucking revenge yeah. for no reason. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like when you get hired to do a job, you got to complete that job, right? You exactly. Know? Mm-hmm. Talk about doing things into, go into completion, if you know what I mean. I mm-hmm. completed quite a few times watching this movie, just looking at Nick Cage's shirt yeah. and his body. When he gets there, he warns Suzanne, like, hey, like, they found me out, and the real guy's here. They're probably going to kill you. And almost immediately afterwards, uh, Dennis Hopper arrives. So Cage manages to knock him out and take his pistol, and Cage and Suzanne flee in her car. Um, So... The right afterwards, we see the sheriff tell the cops that are searching Cage's vehicle that Cage got away, but they should handle it themselves and not put an APB out on him, which is which kind of suspicious, kind of incredibly suspicious. And I don't know why he wouldn't realize that. That sounds really stupid. But (laughs) especially when like this guy who, you know ran over somebody then like shot or shot them and then ran over somebody and then you know sheriff's wife is missing like that's kind of a serious matter that three bumfuck cops can't figure out on their own probably you know mm-hmm. you get a wanted murderer and you 
But to be yeah. fair, especially yeah. when he potentially could be completely out of town at this point, yeah. and they would have no jurisdiction wherever he ends up. Exactly. But so it makes no sense. No sense at all. Well, I think they would. I mean, to be fair, it was Red Rock County, wasn't it? It wasn't quite the. Oh, well, yeah, I suppose if they're the sheriff and they have jurisdiction. Wa- counties in Wyoming county. are fucking gigantic. Probably. But still, <laughs> yeah, Wyoming's I mean, pretty they, much they, one big county. I mean, really. But e- either way, though, yeah, I mean, not doing APB is pretty suspicious. It's pretty sus. Yeah. But uh, soon after those cops, uh, the, those other two cops that the sheriff had just talked to, find the five grand in Cage's glove box. <clears throat> so uh, Suzanne and Cage stop at a bar and uh, drink for a while because Suzanne in, in wants Cage to do that. And Laura walk into a bar. <laughs> yeah, Cage limping. But, um, but uh, and then she wants to stay with him at a hotel that night rather because, you know, they've been drinking. And uh, at that hotel, she comes on to him super hard and they have sex. Uh, I got to say, the sex feels pretty forced into the story, but whatever. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, yeah, they, they, they got this, to, you know, they wind a reason to show shirt like shirtless. Nick yeah. Cage. When you got two hot bods this hot, you don't want to fucking not press them together. Mm-hmm. And like I said, Laura Flynn Boyle was very cute in this movie. So I was not complaining, although it was very forced. I will admit it was very contrived. Nobody shows Brown, but I was hoping for it. I mean, yeah, it does feel forced, but I will say if I was in either of their situations, I'd, I'd probably just kind of want to get laid too, just to relieve some stress. Yeah, you know it's a stressful I mean? situation. Like, like uh, there are two people, like both of you guys are have hits on you right yeah. now. Yeah, like we should probably both blast right now. That's probably yeah. for the best. Yeah, just to ease the tension a little bit. But uh, the next morning they wake up and they devise a plan to steal some cash from Wayne and head to Mexico. Fuck Mexico! <laughs> Sorry. Wait, is that from something I'm missing? There? It's from this movie. Oh, uh, I don't. Nicholas Cage line. screams "fuck Mexico," uh, and I'm doing it. I'm not. I'm not actually even doing a Nicholas Cage impression. I'm just screaming it in a weird voice. Uh, but it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. I agree. I believe uh, Donald Trump probably sampled that and played it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, he says, fuck China. <laughs> yeah. And I think at some point, uh, Nicholas Cage also says, like, we're going to make them pay for it um, and something <laughs> like that. But yeah. So they they go to Wayne's office, I think, the sheriff's office. And while they steal the money, Wayne ends up showing up to the building and they hide in the closet. Uh, Wayne kind of realizes something is up with the money in the safe where they had just gotten like twenty thousand dollars, I believe. Yeah, um, it smells like Nicolas Cage. Oh, yeah. But uh, right as he's figuring that out, the other cops show up and try to arrest Wayne, having found out that Wayne tried to hire somebody to kill his wife. And also figuring out that the sheriff is not who he says he is. Nope. Whoa. It's revealed that both Wayne and Suzanne are actually Kevin and Anne McCord. Uh, although I'm still going to refer to them by their the, the names they were introduced to, but they robbed some place. I didn't catch what they robbed it was. like a steel refinery in Illinois or some shit like that. Yeah, it was a weird place to rob. I don't know why a place like that would have that much cash. Yeah, on hand, on, on hand. cash on <laughs> hand. Like well, what? It was uh, it was Christmas Day and they were doing. They had a special promotion. <laughs> oh, I see. But, yeah. uh, but either way, the yeah the the sheriff. Slash bar owner and the wife are not who they say they are, and they stole like one point two million dollars or something. I think it was two million dollars. It was something like that. It was a lot of money. Couple, couple mills. Couple yeah. bucks. Afterwards, like I think the the cops take Wayne away, 
And then Cage and Suzanne come out, and Cage is real mad about being lied to, but he doesn't really have much time to do anything about being mad, because Dennis Hopper then shows up and holds them both hostage. That's the thing, you you, you never expect Dennis Hopper. That's what what I've learned from every Dennis Hopper movie. That was a Monty Python bit, I believe. Yeah, you never... (laughs) Nobody expects Dennis Hopper. Uh... Dennis Hopper is also really pissed about the whole situation, and he wants to get Wayne. So after taking them hostage, he sets a fire at some random house out in the countryside. Yeah, I didn't really get the point of that. I think it was probably just to divert the police. Yeah, it was to distract the cops, so most of them left the station. So, And then the cops leave the station, and he shows up and kills the last remaining cop that's there. Breaks Wayne out of prison and says, like, hey, you're going to give me half of that fucking all that fucking money that you have, which apparently is like five hundred thousand dollars, I believe, was how much was supposed to be there. I don't know what the, they did with the other one point five million dollars. Uh, I think they spent it on cocaine. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Maybe hookers. they spent it to, like, change their identities. So I think they also probably did that to, like, buy the bar in the town, basically. Because oh, they basically yeah. bought the fucking town. They bought the bar, they bought a cop car, and then a bunch of fucking cocaine. Mm. Yeah, the cocaine. Cocaina. Wayne agrees to it. Very reluctantly, I yeah, would imagine. But very reluctantly. And uh, Cage, Suzanne, and Wayne are held hostage in the car by Hopper. Uh, Wayne directs them to a graveyard where the money is buried in one of the graves. And uh, when Wayne opens the safe box, he pulls a gun out of it and says, like, hey, I'm leaving with all the money. All y'all motherfuckers are just try anything and you'll die. Which I believe that is actually a very common tactic if you bury something somewhere is like have a weapon on with it. Because more than likely, if you get led to it, it's probably a hostage situation. (laughs) Or if you're suddenly in a situation where you need to get away with all of your half million dollars, you probably need a gun, too. So it's honestly a very smart idea on their part. Oh, yeah. In the tense situation, Hopper manages to stab Wayne. Yeah, by throwing a knife into his fucking neck. Yeah, <laughs> like just drops a knife out of his sleeve and just yeah. throws it right. It's like some Altair shit or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then Cage attacks Hopper. Um, Suzanne takes Wayne's gun, but she can't find the keys to the car. Um, and also but, leaves Wayne dying. Yeah, leaves Wayne dying there. In the scuffle, like Cage manages to impale Hopper on like a gravestone with a bayonet statue. I don't know why but they would make that gravestone actually that sharp. That seems unnecessary. But. I feel like that was a thing in the West. Just be like, fuck it. We have we we have that fuck you kind of money. We can do that. Yeah, we our fucking tombstones are dangerous. <laughs> and by the way, they uh, somebody sharpens that every week. <laughs> like you know, it's some Undertaker's job. <laughs> it's like listen, this my 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 granddaddy kill 59 fucking confederates i'm gonna make sure every every fucking year i'm gonna sharpen it and just one more one more fucking confederate it's actually a real gun and some guy comes every weekend to like clean the gun yeah yeah, yeah put exactly. it back it was you know it was actually and Jake, it did Jake kill saw, one more confederate it killed a texan so you know, you know to be fair yeah and to be fair it was uh um uh, I think Jigsaw originally designed that uh, tomb and yeah. uh whenever you look into the barrel of it, it immediately shoots you in the eyeball and kills you <laughs> just like in saw yeah, that's uh, it's a real uh, John Jigsaw uh, production. It's like, <laughs> um, unable to find the keys, and with the cops showing up because of the gunfire that had just happened, uh, Cage and Suzanne take the money and hop onto a passing train. Hop on. Yeah. Mm. Isn't it kind of ironic that the one person who doesn't hop onto the train is Dennis Hopper? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He drives a car. <laughs> Um, Fun fact: <laughs> He doesn't jump everywhere. He doesn't hop everywhere. He's just fucking. Uh, 
He drives a car. <laughs> Change your name, man. Uh, but so Wayne, barely alive, basically points the cops at the train that they're running to. But Cage and Suzanne still manage to get on, evading the cops, basically. But once they're on the uh, train, immediately Suzanne threatens Cage at gunpoint, saying she's going to take the money and go to Mexico herself. I got to be frank here. Even if she was planning to betray him, I feel like now is not the time. She made a real bad decision. Yeah, there. like at least wait till you get there and then do it. Yeah, yeah, not while you're on a moving train with a big open door behind you. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, no one ever said this woman was highly intelligent. That's true. She's just uh, friggin' hot. That's all we need for her. Yeah, she's just hot. She got a nice, got a nice pair, but other than that, she ain't too hot. Uh, she ain't too smart. So. Yeah, I got a couple of twin peaks, but not uh, a couple of fucking twin. I mean, she got twi- she got twin valleys. IQ points. So yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> um, Cage realizes that the gun is empty because all of the gun uh, bullets in that gun just were fired in the graveyard there. So he pours all of the money out the door, save like one wad, I think. He she's, uh, she's like, "What the heck would you do? What the heck would you with the money?" He's like, yeah. "If you want so bad, get it yourself." And he kicks her out. Yeah, kicks her right out of there. And uh, there's a cop car going along the way, so she's gonna get arrested. Yep, and the cops pull up right behind her, and uh, Cage sits back on the train. And he's he's getting away. He's gonna go yeah. to Mexico with, with, with his wad his with his wad of money that's worth anywhere I believe between five and twenty thousand dollars because that's usually what those those stacks a, are worth. It's a couple pesos yeah. and it, get a couple tamarindos. And to be fair, this was before NAFTA, so I guarantee you, like things were a lot better in Mexico back then. So hey, you know what? It's like that. Uh, you, you never want to be after NAFTA. You know? <laughs> that's true. Uh, NAFTA was not far away though. It was, yeah, only two but, years away. Uh, to be fair, NAFTA was already being proposed by that point. Yeah. So. But anyways, though. And, and I that believe is, the Zapatistas were about to rebel in re- <laughs> because of NAFTA. Yeah, but. imagine he, he's like, you know what? I'm going to Mexico. I'm going to Chiapas specifically. <laughs> and he's like, no, shit. Um, and then he became a li- became a sock fucking lip. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, yeah. he became a libsock. That's what it was, a and then sock. he uh, was one of the only few white people who was allowed to lead the Zapatista movement. So uh-huh. <laughs> that's beautiful. So that was the actual ending, and then he got killed by the Mexican government in like 2011. So you know, Nick Cage's you know character in this movie didn't have a great ending. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately. Well, I mean, he did lead a fairly successful anarchist commune for about 15 years. So. That's like you know, Liz and uh, well, if you would call that successful, I've I actually have done one for 20 years. So. Oh, Damn. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, it ends with a cheesy 90 early 90s hot country song by Dwight Yoakam. Okay. It's cold country. <laughs> So um, yeah, and uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's the whole movie. Yeah, fucking good flick. Come yeah, on. no, uh, yeah. Going to our opinions on this movie, I fucking I fucking loved this movie. This movie was fantastic. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. I was like, I got like, even though it was ninety six minutes, it felt it didn't even feel ninety six minutes. I fucking love this movie. It 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 went it was went smooth like butter for me. Yeah. yeah, this was a good movie. I will say that a hell of a lot better than I was expecting for something that I'd never heard of. This yeah. was a very solid thriller movie. Way, way better than any movie I expected that made like $30 at the box office. That was a Nick Cage movie. Yeah. Like this movie did, was incredible. By those standards, this movie should have like this movie should be like number one on IMDb for those standards. Yeah. Like seriously, this movie's incredible. Yeah, um, I, um, I mean, as soon as I saw Trapped in Paradise on the bracket, I was like. That's Mike's pick. That's my fave. Now, and I, I will be, uh, uh, but uh, I didn't wasn't expecting the matchup to be this. 
tough for me. Yeah. And I will say, to be fair as well, um, that even though this movie was really good, I mean, it wasn't like groundbreaking or anything. It's just a really solid movie. Yeah, it's yeah. a fine, a it, fine film. It, it certainly yeah. doesn't break any new ground, although it is kind of an interesting combination of like noir tropes with yeah. like uh, with, you know, like a country, like a country noir. Well, you know what this setting? movie really reminds me of? I know we were mentioning uh, an earlier or, you know, the film after this one from the Coen brothers. But this movie really reminds me a lot of Blood Simple. Like both those movies are like, you know, neo-noir films set in like the, uh, the, you know, the fucking like Wild West, quote unquote. Right. Um, And also the movies uh, involves uh, a hit on a spouse. Oh, so there's definitely a lot in common. And also an assassin uh, wearing very similar outfits, although Dennis Hopper in this movie wears black and the guy in uh, Blood Simple wears white. But they're both Texans essentially going after the protagonists. So honestly, though, I, this movie in Blood Simple, like if, if you're going to watch any like sort of wild, you know, like frontier West, Wild West, whatever, like neo-noir films, definitely watch this movie in Blood Simple. They have very different feels to them. I feel like this movie has a little bit more of an optimistic feel because, you know, they get a like Nick Cage gets away, mm-hmm. whereas in Blood Simple, it's not really quite that simple. Yeah, so. it's basically basically this movie is uh, it's it's two rock star games put together for all, this is my gamer minute for all my game boys. Uh, it's LA Noir and it's uh, Red Dead Redemption. Oh, uh, I would go. just like to say that uh, gamers don't deserve rights. And they I don't want to take uh, all of that away from you. You know who does deserve um, rights gamers, though? Uh, uh, the Coen Brothers and the guy who directed this movie because they both made really good Wild West neo noir films. Mm. Uh, and when you say gamers don't deserve rights, gamer uh, is a slur for furries, which is true. Uh, oh. <laughs> And furries, I'll, I, like I said, they can yiff on their own. I, I just don't want to also yiff with them. That's, Fair enough. I'm not a furry. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but, I'm not a furry either. But, you know, furries, yeah. you deserve. <laughs> Yo, when I, did I'm furries not start doing you. this shit? Like, is this like a new thing or is like, has this been going on for like decades? Oh, I'm, I'm sure furries have in theory existed for decades. Were yeah. they doing the shit in the 80s? Probably, like, yes. They uh, were doing some. Uh, I don't know. Because well, like a lot, a lot of like anthropomorphic has, like, like animal stuff in the eighties. There was definitely some anthropomorphic animal stuff in the eighties, but I feel like it's certainly evolved since then. Because a lot I of think... it's got a very like anime style art style to it. Yeah, that's fair. Would not have been popular in it's the West. Definitely post Jessica Rabbit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, did, was did this all Maybe... start with framing Roger Rabbit or whatever? Yeah. Or like... Because I mean, like Chuck E. Cheese has been around forever, but nobody wanted to fuck him. You know? Right? I mean, oh, you I, speak for your fucking self, dude. Come yeah. On. I mean, I think. Yo, I were, think... Were, were you trying to fuck him in the eighties? <laughs> well, I wasn't even alive in the. You know, I, I was trying to fuck uh, the animatronics from Showbiz Pizza back in the eighties. Hell yeah! See, that's different. Yeah, that, that, big, that big gorilla. That's not fuck furry. You, that's animatronic. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think, I don't know. I think okay. sexy cartoons were an awakening for a lot of people. Um, oh yeah. And then it I just mean, kind of. How many people jacked into... off to Lola Bunny? I mean, yeah, yeah. Lola Bunny. Yeah. Jessica Rabbit. They all call the... that space jamming, dude. Well, also Jessica so, Rabbit was a human. Jessica Rabbit was a human, but it was a cartoon that I wanted to fuck. Oh yeah, cartoon. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought you meant um, cartoon animals. But Sorry. then Lola Bunny was like a, an animal that I wanted. Yeah, to she was. And then I realized the that my perversion yeah. could go deeper. Yeah, I, I I met a girl recently who uh, wanted to fuck um, uh, characters from The Lion King. Oh. Like the animals from the see, that's, that's like, like that's taking it to the next level. I don't know. Just because they talk, like they does that not. It, yeah, she said she was attracted to the voice and she saw the animal and that's what got her turned Sorry, on. Sorry, dude, I'm this like, news is so fucking tight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Well, yeah, all my co-hosts are furries. Apparently. Yes, I'm they a all... giant furry. I, <laughs> I constantly. We are all furries. Uh, we're going to Midwest Fur Fest this next yeah. weekend with uh, all gas, no brakes. <laughs> I'm going to the Rain Fur Fest in yeah. fucking uh, the Pacific Northwest. A rain Fur Fest is for furries who are also uh, like natural healing uh, type hippies. Do furries like do gender reveal parties? Because maybe we can burn some shit down in the process. <laughs> Hell yeah. You know? a furry gender reveal party is just like you cut open a cake and there's like a squirrel penis yeah, uh, it's just, yeah, you kind of open the cake and there's a fursuit in it you're revealing the animal that your child is going to be oh my god could you imagine like yeah, someone's coming out party and it's like one of those like big fucking fake cakes that like strippers come out of but it's just a person in a fursuit is it is it better to these children. is it better to assume your child's gender or their fursona like what? <laughs> I, mean, I feel like it's more problematic to assume their fursona because I feel like there's a lot more fursonas than there are genders. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, these days there's freaking yeah, these kids on Tumblr these days. <laughs> yeah, Who can freaking tell these I days? The- Anyways, <laughs> um, but uh, full sympathy to the people of California. Um, I also had to put out a bunch of fires after my gender reveal. Cold and- blooded. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah that's that's pretty much all we got on red rock here i think oh well no uh hold on here hey i don't think i said my opinions of the movie and uh, nobody has mine <laughs> <laughs> well we we know you think this movie sucks in comparison to zandali and we all we all know that <laughs> I, I i've been taking notes up here for nothing uh, well hold on uh, okay let's get Jess's consistency thoughts. i thought this was a good solid movie it felt a little made for tv ish Something about it, I don't know how to describe it exactly. It kind of had a soapy feel to it, almost. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, this, this movie did kind of have a low budget, because $7 million wasn't a crazy budget, and also, like, the the rate that Nick Cage was getting paid back then. Like, that was probably half the budget was just Nick Cage. I, I'm salary. willing to bet back then he still hadn't had his, like, huge hit. Yeah, I guess this is still pre some of the... the- yeah, the big, big ones would have been like Face Off uh, and like, uh, yeah, you know, Con Air. And, uh, and like The like Rock that. and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, some of those might be before this, I feel like. But I don't know if he's The Rock that... came on like 96. So. Okay. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know how high profile he is. But yeah, this the, definitely did have a made for TV feel. Like it felt like an episode of Walker, Texas Ranger. Like it's if you've ever seen Walker Texas Ranger, it's that quality. It's like it it felt exactly like that. Yeah, it it did very much have like a, a TV like series quality. I don't think that's a bad for this type of movie. It though, wasn't I don't think a that's bad a bad thing. thing I, do, I think I know, it was appropriate. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's bad. It just did have that different feel to it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But it, yeah, it's it did a not very have a standard movie. cinematic experience from the '90s. That was definitely not. That was a, like a TV thing exclusively. But I will say it kept me on the edge of my seat a lot. There were a lot of twists and turns, mm-hmm. um, and because of that, I wonder how well this would hold up on a rewatch. Because, like, I think part of it was, you know, just how many crazy things were happening out of the yeah. blue. So let me tell but, you something. I watched this movie twice in the past week, uh, and uh, it's, you know, I, I'm still engaged. Yeah. But overall, very solid flick. I was really not expecting that out of this. Um, I don't know what I was expecting going I, into I was it, also but, expecting, like, a weird musical when I heard the title. Yeah. yeah like, Red Rock, like, what, uh, what <laughs> rock? Like, are they going to do, like, a shitty, like, fucking Broadway <laughs> yeah. version of rock and roll? Like, what? Yeah, I thought it was going to be, like, some weird cheat, like, a, like Captain Mandolin or whatever the fuck that movie Captain Mandolin. <laughs> Captain, Captain Corelli's Mandolin. <laughs> the fuck is that movie? Captain, Captain Corelli's Mandolin. That's it. Masterpiece like, that should have never been. Mandolin. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Crush's Mandolin. <laughs> 
It's kind of like who saw ukuleles? The captain. <laughs> oh my god oh but yeah so i i did not know what i was gonna expect either and then when i actually saw like a, a very enjoyable film i'm like i was not expecting this i was expecting to like think this was a bad movie but yeah. it ended up being a pretty solid good movie in my opinion yeah i'm surprised this isn't better known i guess well but, so the thing was but that i guess I, a lot of the movie had a very very part. limited theatrical run yeah well let me tell you one thing uh, 90% of the Amazon reviews for this movie are saying that this is Nicolas Cage's best movie. Oh, okay. okay. So, you know, honestly, let's get into those fucking Amazon. Well, let's, oh, wait, well, let's see we what got, Dave has to say. We got Dave's say. summary first. Yes. Ready for the summary, Dave? I don't even know what that was. <laughs> Is that some juggalo shit? That I... uh, so let's uh, move on to some Amazon reviews then. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't a ton for this movie. And as I said, almost every review was uh, just somebody saying like, this is a sleeper hit. It's Nicolas Cage's best movie. Watch it now. Uh, and so there, a lot of people feel strongly about it. Um, a lot of fucking gatekeeping in the Amazon reviews, you know. So. Oh yeah. Um, but I, I got like that gatekeeping shit. Yeah, I, got, I have a review from Candace Millhouse. Um, Wait, <laughs> everything's coming up, Candace Millhouse. <laughs> Candace. Uh, now, to be fair, is it is it Millhouse Nixon or is it Millhouse the Simpsons character? What, uh, what are they related to? It's well, it says Thrill Ho here. Um, <laughs> thrill. So I, I think that's the Simpsons one. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> Candace says uh, old movie but good acting. Um, and so I don't know how old a movie under th- it's older yeah, than me. It's pretty. I mean, fucking... I think I mean, this movie is like my. I, I feel like any movie that's under the age of thirty is not an old movie. I think um, if it didn't come out basically in like twenty twelve, it's old. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, James Lutz writes. <laughs> uh, this item was better than I expect. I will for sure shop with them again for all my future video needs. <laughs> uh, Lovely. Um, so he might have gotten that from a third party. Through uh, Amazon. Good for you. For figuring it out. <laughs> Sportster 8139. That's a high number, so I know they really do love sports because that's a big score that you can get. <laughs> yeah, that's a high score. Uh, I believe that's a wait, score well, that has existed in at least one NBA game. Yeah, yeah. Eighty-one thirty-nine. Damn, that'd be a blowout. Eighty-one thirty-nine. Uh, uh, Sportster says, "A movie full of twists and turns that would rival Hitchcock's best." Dennis Hopper makes this movie as good as it is, probably as good as he was in Easy Rider. Hmm. So this person has seen The Birds and Easy Rider, and they're like, "This is." Another movie. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, though, I would rather watch this movie than Easy Rider. I don't like Easy Rider. I've never seen Easy Rider. I've actually never seen Easy and Rider either. I'll probably, uh, is it on Criterion? Yes, it is. Uh, okay, one of you give me your password and I'll watch it. Oh, I don't yeah. actually have the Criterion channel. I just collect Criterion Blu rays. Uh, yeah, I just collect. Cri- okay. I, I, I do plan on getting the Criterion channel at some well, point. Well, fucking give me the password. I <laughs> shall. Whenever I get it, I shall. Um, I have a review from Twinkle233. Um, who wrote a review titled Big Black Buick. 
said it's like a BBC. Um, and Twinkle says, I bought this movie for the Buick that featured throughout. I was trilled with the footage. Trilled? <laughs> trilled. This was a Southern uh, rapper. This is Bun B. Uh, <laughs> Bun B Black Buick. Um, the storyline was okay too. Uh, Lara's hairdo was the only part I didn't like. So this person bought a movie because of a car that is not like I didn't even the the car is not important or mentioned in any way in this movie. Uh, yeah, and I'm uh, sorry, what was this person's name again? Uh, Twinkle two thirty three. So you're saying right? Watches a movie for a fabulous car, but doesn't like a woman's hair. I feel like the twink in Twinkle might uh, might be <laughs> yeah. a little bit more appropriate, if you know what I mean. Is, uh, uh, twink thirty. <laughs> Fun B is a fucking uh, secret twink on Amazon reviews. So hell yes, uh, hit me up, Twinkle. <laughs> twinkle, if you're out there uh, and you're draped up and dripped out, let's uh, we'll correspond and dripping with something else. Too. <laughs> uh, I got one from uh, Amazon customer. He okay. says, one of my favorite movies, he's one of my favorite actors, trouble seems to always find him. He's always getting himself into messes. <laughs> and that's it. It felt like they were building <laughs> to something. <laughs> yeah. uh, what I think happened is that they were going to finish the review and they actually pressed enter and like, oh, let me edit this real quick. And, and then their house started on fire and they're <laughs> like, oh, shit, I'll figure this shit out later. And they just never did. They went to go uh, yell at their wife. Um, I got a review from uh, the last review here. B Hopkins 49. Um, uh, this is Nicolas Cage's best film. And the plot certainly has a lot to say about the modern mind. <laughs> wait, this wait, was wait. Uh, okay. written in 2014 when movies from 1993 were still uh, relevant. 21 years. When movies from 1993 uh, could drink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, and it says a lot about the modern mind. You know how sometimes you just walk into a bar and you, you want to get $5,000 any way you can. Okay, okay. Is there more to that review? No. Okay, so my question is right. Yeah, how does a movie from 21 years ago at that point – inform our modern view that doesn't even make sense well, what a- 1993 and 2014 are completely different years like that 2014 was one year removed from gay marriage you're going from 1993 to one year removed from gay marriage it doesn't inform anything one year before the gay marriage i don't know i don't know what yeah. messages period oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah. this is trying to portray about the modern mind uh but i think any anything <laughs> uh about the modern mind that they're getting at uh, by 2014 is really uh, not that relevant unless you're yeah. super out of touch. Well, that's the thing. All, all um, these fucking kids nowadays just fucking love Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer and, and shit. And fucking Dwight Yoakam. Yeah. Well, maybe they were like 90 and they're like, oh, I understand the minds of... Oh, I understand <laughs> kids these days because they're, you know, they're yeah. off killing their wives. All, all, these, all these fucking chump ass <laughs> kids talking about new kids on the block. Fucking bullshit. God damn. Yeah, I mean, kids these days, you know, they shoot up their schools, uh, but it, when they didn't have schools, they were shooting up their wives. They didn't have schools <laughs> in 1993. Well, to be fair, it was 1993, so instead of shooting up schools, they were mostly shooting up heroin, because that's oh. when heroin first started coming up in America, oh, yeah. Yeah. for the most part. I think uh, that was the start of the heroin chic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah. year before Kurt Cobain died. Yeah. Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain. <laughs> What was the when, when was Kate Moss big? I don't remember. Like early nineties. No, I think she's lost. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay. uh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but uh, any, any more Amazon review? No. <laughs> Let's just end the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I think that's all we have for Red Rock West. Um, unless there's something I'm forgetting. 
Nah, fuck it. Let's go to the next one. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we're going to take a real short break, and we'll come back to you with Trapped in Paradise, Returning Champion. Hell yeah. Best movie ever. Oh, yeah. Mother, tell your children not to rob a bank. Mother! (laughs) Tell your children not to understand the small town people in Paradise, Pennsylvania. And if you want to find Paradise with me. (laughs) I feel like, to be fair, this movie is probably the most Glenn Danzig movie ever made, I feel Whoa. <laughs> I don't know about that. And by that, I, I mean that this machine. movie might have had a good idea. No, never mind. Fuck it. I'm, I'm waiting until we actually talk about the movie. <laughs> Yo, let's not slander Glenn, all right? Mm-hmm. There's, a, let's there's not literally a beautiful portrait of Glenn up in that room. It's an oil pastel rendering of Glenn Danzig. But I also have plenty of other framed pictures of Danzig in this room. <laughs> Dave's Jack Shack is all dancing. <laughs> Jack Shack. Yeah, what? Now listen, Jack in the shack. Here this entire time. <laughs> no, I, monitors down low. I just find the idea of somebody having a shack and like, oh man, the shack's all decked up and it's just like a fucking like dilapidated thing with just like a shitty like ten inch TV <laughs> and like a bad VHS player from the nineties and they all they watch is like bad nineties porn and they jack off to it. Like that idea is really funny to me. You gotta avoid your kids somehow. I believe yeah. the correct term is masturbatorium. <laughs> I believe that's what the Romans called it. I mean, to be fair, that that is the that name. was what uh, St. Peter's Basilica was originally. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, to be fair, that is the name of my entire apartment. St. Peter Vasectomy. Are we recording? Fuck. We're like ten minutes in, I think. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, hell yeah! yeah. Fuck we got yeah, all that. Cool. We're, by the way, we're definitely putting that as a fucking extra on the YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll put some of that in there. <laughs> But uh, welcome back, everybody. We're here now to talk to you about Trapped in Paradise, returning champion from episode six. I believe I said earlier in the episode it was episode seven. That was wrong. We're not going to go quite as in-depth with the plot on this movie as we did in that episode. If you do want to hear very in-depth thoughts on it, go back to that movie. Here we're just going to kind of run through things again quickly. This movie came out in 1994. It was rated PG-13. Directed by George Gallo, or maybe Gallo, I don't know. I, I don't George know Pico de Gallo. Yeah, George Pico de Gallo. He apparently, he um, was a writer uh, on Bad Boys. So he, he has like a character, by, or characters by credit on the subsequent Bad Boys films. Hmm. Uh, he was also a writer on this, and the producer. He wrote, yes. directed, and produced this movie. Uh, production companies were Permit Presentations and 20th Century Fox. So, big one. Yeah, the uh, Doors song. So the, the Doors song produced it. Continue. Did, did they make a movie called 20, or a song called 20th Century Fox? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a reference for all my dads out there. Oh, <laughs> I don't remember that one. Uh, runtime of 111 minutes, uh, which I'll get into my opinions later, but probably about like 20 to 30 minutes too long, in my yeah. opinion. Oh, uh, yes. Um, uh, <laughs> I will wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah, for sure. <coughs> I love this movie. I'm going to stand by it, but it is too long. Let's <laughs> say this movie could have used a lot of editing. I'll just say that. Yeah. 
the budget is not available for this, but the box office gross was six million dollars. But but you know what that always means? It, it means it's in the red, not in the black. Uh, but we have already counted this in our total, so it is still fifteen out of forty-two movies. And I, I looked it up in in twenty twenty. That would be about ten million dollars. Uh, and not a lot of movies have come out this year. Um, but it would be it had the same box office as the Impractical Jokers movie. Uh, so that's this is like the Impractical Jokers movie of 1994. I think hey. the Mulan remake made less money at the box office than but this one did. That uh, is true. Again. To be fair, though, also ticket prices were cheaper back then than they are now, even accounting for inflation. Yeah, movie tickets back then were like, I don't know, a buffalo nickel, like 30 cents. Like yeah. they were pretty cheap Fucking back then. Sack of potatoes. I can tell you, uh, in the year 2020, uh, 20,000 pounds of potatoes cost $4,400. Okay. Oh, Mike, tell me. How do you know that? Uh, Just uh, off the top of my head. Oh, okay. Um, So on Rotten Tomatoes, this got a 10% from critics. Uh, You know, I'm going to say it. Might be a little too high for this movie. Oh, shit. That's fucked Uh, up. Yeah. 40% from audiences. That's way, way, way too high. This movie is a sleeper. 90s hit. This movie opinion. put me to sleeper. That's <laughs> fucked up. But um, that's that's all of the basic facts there. Um, I believe Mike may have had a planned segment. Um, I don't. I don't really have anything planned. I did. Uh, <laughs> I I did uh, do a little bit of preliminary research um, to try to determine um, how much it would cost us to make 75,000 pounds of potato flakes which yes uh that um, that if you didn't catch it in the first episode about tracked in paradise in episode 6 that is one thing all of the snow in this movie is evidently potato flakes and 75,000 pounds especially which, engineered for this movie which when i thought of when i saw this movie there was a lot of it going into like rivers and sources of water and stuff like that and i'm like we're just polluting the countryside with potatoes no no i mean to be fair though i mean the fish were probably starving so give give them some sustenance i suppose yeah i mean empty calories i know but still i mean yeah better than nothing there was a time in ireland where a rain of potatoes yeah you, been the best thing that anybody you know, should have done they should have spent you know the seven this was the movie have a budget of who knows but this movie made six million they should have taken some of that six million and went back in time uh and given all the potato flakes to those starving irish people and then yeah. we wouldn't have had the irish diaspora and then we would have yeah. never had the shitty yeah. kennedy family oh, okay so um so wait mike are you gonna play those phone calls or anything yeah okay uh oh no well um, so i really we we did some uh on the field research and like uh uh, basically um uh i i feel really uh bad about doing it but i called up some people and asked them some questions about potatoes um just trying to get a feel uh for how much seventy five thousand pounds of potatoes would cost a man uh it basically goes like this uh hey how many fucking potatoes you got and they're like i not why i don't want to talk to you i can tell uh, even though uh uh, you'll hear it it sucks (laughs) i can't wait to hear it i can't fucking wait Hi, um, is this the, uh, the potato company? This is Sunbelly. Okay, uh, I, I have a, I have a question. It's a bit of an odd question. Um, so I, I don't want to put you off. Um, but I'm basically, uh, doing some window shopping, um, for a production that I'm working on. And I just wanted to know, uh, a, a price 
estimate if I could get one. One box? Um, well, so as, as I said, it's a bit of an odd request. Um, so we're, we're working on a movie um, and we're, we're using uh, basically potato flakes as fake snow. Um, so we're looking for a bulk order. Um, okay, we don't do the flakes here. Okay. Um, okay, thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Damn it. Water Farms, this is Annie Jo. Hi, um, I, uh, I have a, I'm looking for a price estimate, um, for a, a bulk order of potato flakes. Is that something that you guys do? No, we only have raw potatoes. Okay. Um, okay. Thank you. Oh, God, I hate it. In my mind, these fucking assholes are working at a call center in Idaho, and they, they who doesn't want to talk to somebody who's making a movie, or so they think. But it turns out they're not so easily fooled. Um, and let me tell you something. Nobody wants to give you the flakes. They want to give you the whole potato, and then you have to flake it yourself, which is like, yeah, that's am I fucking criminal, number? frankly. Water Farms, this is Annie Joe. Uh, hi, this is uh, I, this is Mike Portnoy here. I, I just uh, spoke with you a moment ago. Um, I was just wondering what quantities you sell potatoes in uh, bulk-wise. Okay, hold on just a moment, Uh, hey, this is uh, Mike Portnoy here. I'm uh, I'm with Saturn Films. Uh, just looking to see uh, what uh, what quantities you sell like bulk potatoes in. Um, usually, we try to do at least ten pallets. Ten pallets, and how like how many pounds of potatoes is is a pallet? Two thousand pounds. Two thousand pounds. Okay, so that's roughly like twenty thousand pounds. Okay. Correct. Um, okay, and how much? What's the cost of that? Well, it depends what size you want and what kind of pack and if it needs to be delivered or you're picking it up. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, we're just kind of doing a cost comparison right now. Um, so if we were to have, uh, d like, say, 10 pallets delivered to Wisconsin, how much would that cost? What size potato do you want? Like, I, I need to know, like, the pack, how big the potato. Um, um, I'm afraid that's no problem. Yeah, I mean it's it's the the potatoes are important. We're kind of we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be making flakes out of it. So uh, we're just kind of looking for quantity wise. Do you want a number one USDA number one, or if it's flake, can you use a USDA number two or a process grade? Uh, yeah, the number two works. What what would be the cost of that? Do you, do you want them in totes or like fifty pound bags? Um, whatever is cheapest. Okay, so you're probably looking at a fit one fifty pound bag is probably gonna be seven bucks. And that market does change, but just going off of today. Yeah. Looking at four dollars for eight, so you're looking at eleven dollars a unit. So you're looking at like forty four hundred bucks. Okay. Um four hundred unit. Okay, and uh, what was your name again? Ben. Ben? Okay. Um, all right, we're, uh, thank you for the info. Uh, we're just, uh, like I said, still kind of cost comparison right now. Um, so I will, uh, I will give you a call back and, and with more information. Okay. Sounds okay. Good. Take care. 
Uh, yeah, so I, you know, I, I called around a few Idaho uh, yeah. places. Uh, one of them uh, didn't answer, and they were the smart one. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice, nice. Uh, but I'm glad you did some field research for us. I'm glad that you put the most effort into this podcast, unlike some other people. Yeah, look, Jess, I put in quite you. a bit of fucking oh, work into this podcast. Oh, I pay attention to the movie. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, look yeah, at me. I watch um, a movie and write notes. I'm just. <laughs> Uh, I talked to a young man. I also uh, do all the editing, you fucks. <laughs> and you're gonna sound like assholes after this. I already sound like an asshole all the time. Yeah, um, I sound like an asshole constantly. Um, but I talked to a young fellow who could sell me ten pallets of potatoes for uh, forty four hundred dollars, uh, and that's twenty thousand, two thousand a pallet. 2,000 pounds of pallet. Uh, but so if uh, – so figure uh, you get four pallets. That's uh, – or, or, or four of the 10 pa- packs. Yeah. Uh, that's 80,000 pounds of potatoes for around, uh, say, $17,000 or something. I don't know. Uh, I didn't really do the math. Um, hmm. But Well, you know, I wonder if those prices are being affected by our pandemic and the the potato shortages that are going on currently. Yeah. There, there's I mean, a there's an American potato famine. We're all, yeah. we're all gonna have to emigrate back to Europe. Yeah, there's, well, because there's two two things that don't circulate: uh, coins and potatoes. So basically, everybody is they they the, all the coins and potatoes are in everybody's houses uh, and not being used, not being circulated in the market. Yeah, people need to go so, out and buy more French fries. I think. Yeah, I remember or, hearing that. That's definitely like, a thing made. American needs more of is buying more fast food. Yeah, buy more fast food or buy things with fast food. Well, that's like the last great American industry, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> basically. So, so good luck to all the potato mongers out there and have a good job. <laughs> all right. Oh, well, uh, so moving on now to a, a quick summary. Moving on, but I'm a sucker, like I said. Uh so in this movie, John Lovitz, Dana Carvey, and Nicolas Cage are all brothers. And you know, I will say it was really interesting that um, a host of Pod Save America was in this movie back in the early 90s. <laughs> I literally have successfully avoided any sort of knowledge of Pod Save America. Don't watch it. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. It's, Is Dana Carvey in it or something? No. Yeah, there's a guy named John Lovett or Lovett. Yeah. And there's a guy and also named John, John Favreau, Favreau, which are, by the, the way, the guy. lamer version of those two guys somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine being lamer than John, the actual John Lovett <laughs> and the actual John Favreau. Yeah. That's pretty much where they're at. Yeah. But uh, those three are brothers. And... Uh, Lovitz and Carvey have just both been released from prison after robbing a car wash. Uh, so Lovitz yeah. is apparently a compulsive liar, and Carvey is a kleptomaniac. And Dana Carvey is the most insufferable character I've ever seen in a movie in my entire life. I fucking hated Dana Carvey. I wanted him, I wanted him to die. He is yeah, pretty I fucking annoying. Fucking this hated this character <laughs> so much. I'm like, uh, can can he leave any time? See, uh, Dana Carvey should Dana Carvey should be in more movies. He's a national treasure uh, who never really found his place uh, in Hollywood. And he's a, he's a uh, method actor too. You could also call him the master of disguises. Yeah, um, but actually, um, he I, I could see being annoyed by uh, his character. But uh, I fucking love Dana Carvey, and uh, you guys are fucking stupid. So, <laughs> oh, I'm really I, stupid. I am stupid. But I'm a stupid like, fucking asshole. I'm a so dumb yeah. bimbo. But um, <laughs> yeah. So they rope Cage into going to Paradise, Pennsylvania, 
um, breaking their parole under the guise of helping out a friend from prison's daughter. I don't really know exactly. Which, by the way, that, that's breaking parole in multiple ways because when you're on parole, you're also supposed to not communicate with any felons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I can't talk to my fucking. I can't think of a good joke, but yeah, put one in there. <laughs> can't talk to my uncle. Yeah, I can't talk to my president. Oh, oh <laughs> holy shit. Oh, damn. Nah, fucking roast his ass. Double kill. But, um, <laughs> so Carvey and Lovitz really want to go there because there's a bank there with really poor security that they want to rob. But somehow they convince Cage to join in in this robbery incredibly easily, even though it was shown at the beginning of the movie that Cage is a fairly upstanding citizen. He's like, you know what? I go to church. I'm not going to do this bullshit. Oh, we need you to do this. Can you like, please? Yeah, sure. Fucking why not? But hey, hey, if I drop my wallet, I'm going to freaking go after it. The bank robbery has some crazy hangups, but they manage to do it successfully. But they do wreck their car in the getaway and are taken in by a family that is soon revealed to be the family that owns the bank that they just robbed. Yeah, what and also fuck? and talk about some very upstanding citizens. They only uh, they only own this bank because they just love the community so much and they care about its livelihood. Yes. Yeah, they're the the good banker, the one good banking family. Yeah, yeah and you have to understand, right, that all capitalists, they, they care about where they live. Yeah, they do. And they they care absolutely about care about the community. It's not just a plan to extract wealth. Yeah. And, no. You know, they just give out loans to anybody and don't expect any sort of collateral or payment back because yeah. that's, that's how you make a successful finance business. That. That's yeah. how you do it. That's how you yeah. do it. I mean, you start a bank because you want to help people. Yeah. Um, and and it's the Fed, the FDIC, that is the bad guy in the situation. Yeah, this movie absolutely um, wasn't written by a dipshit libertarian at all. No. But um, word gets back to the guys in prison who suppose – it is his daughter, I think. Uh, I don't know if that was uh, – Yeah, some guy – one of the guys – Daughters. Yeah, yeah, it is actually his daughter, and his daughter is played by Majin Amick, also from Twin Peaks, which I'll met, you know, I referenced earlier in the beginning <laughs> to Twin Peaks actresses. Why do Why do um, all the movies we compare always have these weird like similarities? I don't know. It just happens. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that just guy in prison, the snowflakes crumble. Uh, evidently. The story was made up because Lovitz is a compulsive liar, and they weren't actually there to help that guy's daughter. Compulsive liar and. Yoga instructor. And yoga instructor, yes. Uh, they were there because that guy kept talking about the bank in Paradise that would be so easy to rob. So that guy is like, they got in on my grift. So he breaks out of prison. Uh, also, the owners of the store where Cage and the brothers bought their robbery outfits, their ski masks and shit, they also realized that they must have been the bank robbers. And also, after the bank is robbed, the FBI shows up to investigate because it's a bank robbery. And so they're chased around by all three of these groups, uh, the the owners of that store and the robbers trying to get the money for themselves and the FBI obviously trying to, you know, do some fascist shit because, you know, I don't know, fuck 12. But um, zany antics ensue as they try to get out of town and get back home to NYC. But after several mishaps and seeing the kindness of the people in Paradise, Pennsylvania, they are overcome with guilt and uh, put the money back. But they are captured by all the people attempting to get the money from them, and the FBI shows up, luckily, and stops them all. And all the, the FBI's t- are always the good guys, by the way. Uh, yeah, Feds are always, always. good. Oh, Feds, they have yeah, to be. FBI never just executed citizens who had deemed, you know, like problematic or yeah. challenged white supremacy in any kind of meaningful way. Mm-hmm. But uh, all the townsfolk did find out, basically, that it was the Cage Brothers. 
who robbed the bank, but they see that they've learned their lesson and that they are like good, honest people because they put the money back and care about the people in the town. Yeah. So they say it was the other criminals who did it. And it's a happy Christmas ending, and Cage decides he wants to move to paradise. Oh, and um, and Cage gets the girl. I know that sounds tacked on, but it was tacked on in the movie too. So <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. There, I mean, there was a, a lot that could have been uh, reduced down on this movie. There's, there's no reason why this can't be a 90-minute and done comedy movie. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that's, that's the whole plot summary I got there. Uh, what are y'all's thoughts? Um, oh, the, this movie? Mm-hmm. Um, this movie was fucking awful. I hated this movie. Damn, I, there's gonna be some conflict yeah. here at Brew, and I can feel uh, so, it. So listen though, there were some there were some good bits to this movie. Um, Nick Cage did have some genuinely good freakouts in this movie. Uh, he has a lot of good moments in this movie in regards to like when he just goes off the fucking rails, which are kind of funny. Um, but everything else in this movie, I fucking just hated. Mm-hmm. All the characters were annoying. Dana Carvey, especially like. I literally was going to shut it off because Dana Carvey annoyed me that fucking much. Damn. Um, John Lovitz is just kind of just John Lovitz. I didn't really hate him that much. The mom was kind of annoying. Uh, the like prisoner character wasn't really anything. And then the family, I'm just like, this is just literally like fucking like conservative propaganda. So yeah, I, I like I said, I fucking hated this movie. And the fact that it was 110 minutes long, Jesus Christ, guys. Like, why was this movie so fucking long? Yeah, it was too long. I think calling <laughs> like, it conservative propaganda is a little... Uh, well, it, it, I mean... At least the banker stuff, that was conservative propaganda. The banker propaganda. stuff, yeah, that's bad. But, I, I mean, but also I kind of like, like the venerating the sort of wholesomeness of small towns is conservative propaganda bullshit. Because yeah, most small uh, towns are toxic uh, as fuck. Yeah, I mean, it is a little bit... Uh, that, but I, I don't, I don't feel like Stephen King does a little bit of like veneration of small towns, sort of. But I, mean, I wouldn't he, call that conservative I, I think he, propaganda. I think Stephen King honestly kind of sees more of the evil of small towns. Well, he also calls else. out a lot of the evil of small towns, but he also calls out some of the good things. You know, what I well, mean? that's the thing. It's, it's kind of a balance. He calls out how like magical like, black men can be. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, and the fact that uh, every town in Maine has at least one black person, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is objectively probably not true because it's literally the whitest state in America. But, but I don't wait, know. Wait, uh, why do you Wyoming? Yes, oh, I think yes. Uh, I think this is well, a, there's a lot, also a lot of Latinos in Wyoming too. So, oh, okay. I think this is a good movie. And it's I don't think it's uh, groundbreaking or or anything. I think it's as far I, I'm a sucker for '90s comedies, and as far as like a comedy from that era goes, it's very functional. It has. I, I a just lot don't of, think it's very funny though. Like I, I didn't laugh I at mean, all during this I, movie. It's I. And the comedy I, seems very forced. The comedy is a little bit forced at points. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of past the point where I'm, I guess, laughing out loud at this kind of movie anyway. Oh, no, I yeah. Just, and I, I don't uh, really laugh out loud at a lot of movies either. But, like, a lot of the humor in this movie, I'm just like, can we just move on to the next fucking scene? I, I felt like it was a – it's um, – I don't know. I don't want to say underrated, but uh, I, it's a it's a fun '90s comedy, and it has a good uh, good cast of people that I want to see in movies together. Yes, yeah, I think it was a good cast, but most of them were bad. Like I said, Danny I Carvey was Danny Carvey was awful in this Dana movie. Danny Carvey was a little obnoxious, but he was doing this weird uh, Mickey Rourke impression. Was his his idea? Oh, I just the, thought he was being insufferable retard. I thought that's what uh, he was being. Well, kind of, but uh, <laughs> I mean, it's that it, I will say Dana Carvey's character in this movie is very one note. His thing is kleptomania. He steals things. He's also yeah. like s- slow in the head or something. I don't know if he's actually supposed to be retarded uh, or. Mentally challenged. I apologize to uh, for using the R word. 
I don't usually do that, but I'm like four drinks deep now. But um, by drinking some rolling. Red Did you just call retarded the N word? <laughs> I said the R word. Oh, I have the N word. So yeah, Dana uh, Carvey's the N word in this movie. Uh, but and he's a magical he, black man. There's in this a lot movie. of shit we're gonna have to cover. He is a little uh, obnoxious in this movie. I do think he's, I don't know, he his character kind of bugged me. But overall, I thought the other characters were okay. Majin Amick's character um, felt super tacked on. The love yeah. story is very, very tacked on. Yeah, the love on, story was, just was kind of fucking awful. Love story didn't need to be there. For the main no, character. At, at all. There was, there was um, no chemistry between Nick Cage and that woman. Yeah. At fucking It didn't make all. any sense. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I'm somewhere in the middle here. You hated it. You, you you like it quite you, you got yeah, a it's good not one of my favorite it. movies of all time I will say though unfortunately is one of my favorite movies that we've watched on this podcast that is insane <laughs> are you serious well yeah. speaker, I wasn't aware I wasn't around when you guys watched some of the real big stinkers yeah I mean do y'all remember pay the ghost <laughs> yes uh, it's certainly a lot better than pay the ghost uh, if, if that's the case man pay the ghost must be like a movie where I'm just I'm like I'm just ready to you have to see there. left behind to understand left behind is uh, uh let's see left behind Captain Corelli's mandolin and two hey, Captain Corelli won and I don't think it's that bad Captain Corelli <laughs> is fucking trash Look. Okay, Captain listen, Crowley. Listen, okay, if if you think Captain this Crowley movie is really good, isn't that bad, but you think Captain Crowley is bad, dude, that must that movie just must be like monkeys throwing shit at the fucking screen the entire time. Look, this movie fucking annoying. I, mean, I hated this wait, movie I'm not so saying much. This movie is good. I'm just saying that it's fun and I enjoyed it. Oh, okay. I wish I could think it was fun, but the characters were just so annoying. Yeah, wait, and so annoying. You have to. The, the characters don't really have a lot of depth. Animal cruelty, um, but, for children. Yeah. <laughs> um and. I don't know. I I still say I, people don't hate Sunny as much as I do, but I fucking hated that Sunny movie. was bad. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, get, there are a lot of things. If I, I about okay, Sunny. if I'm gonna watch a bad movie, I would rather it be this style of bad movie than Two Eleven. Uh, you I, know, I, I will say if if I have to choose a bad movie, it might as well be a movie that I could probably like unironic, like ironically say like, oh, there's a funny person, this fucking thing, and it's just like an annoying character. It, well, I will say like something like Trapped in Paradise, like this, I could definitely see myself like it, throw this on in the background, like around yeah. Christmas, and I'm fine with that. I can't see myself. Oh, I can guarantee you, I'm gonna watch this every Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, especially with a lot of potatoes around. Yeah. Oh yeah. I eating scalp potatoes, mashed potatoes. Tater tots, yeah. flakes, French fries. This is far from one of the worst movies that we've seen on this podcast. Very far yeah. from it. I, I, evidenced by the fact that it's returning. And I will say a um, hot take. Um, actually, okay, never mind. I returning was gonna, by unanimous vote, I believe. Also, I, I was so. going to say that this is not the worst movie I've seen in Cage Fight so far, but it's in like the bottom three for me. I hated yeah. this movie a lot. And Taylor's very dramatic and hyperbolic a lot of the time. I am actually. Yes, um, I am. So I am not going to put you a lot of You can't say this is worse than Outcast. Yes, I will say this is worse than Outcast. Taylor, Are you say, fucking serious? Yes, this I'm is serious. not worse than Outcast. There is <laughs> no way this is okay. worse than Outcast. I, I actually liked Outcast more than this movie. You, uh, you're just, you're just being performative at this no, no, point. No, 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 listen, listen. Okay, Ta- so any, this, Taylor will say you can't any movie say this that is worse comes than up, rage. No. Okay, any okay. movie that's in conversation okay, okay. is the worst movie no. that Taylor's ever L- seen. Listen, though, listen, though, okay? He's, so uh, it's Trapped in Paradise, and then it's, it is Army of One, then Rage for me. Like, Rage is the worst movie I've seen on the show so far. Yeah. Rage is bad. Yeah. Rage it, is bad. And it was only because of the politics of it. Ugh. And the movie is bad in itself, but the politics made it that much worse. 
And this movie is bad, and the politics made it that much worse. And the Somebody portrayal needs to pay the ghost. Yeah, and I, I honestly don't Look, really like. And I know honestly, I know the movie's not really doesn't have like an ideology. Trapped in Paradise does it, but I hate movies. Yeah, that unless sort of you're like, gonna stretch like Taylor's doing. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I also just hate the idea of like movies like always portraying like a big city is like oh it's grimy piece of shit. Everyone's a criminal. Then they go to a small town. It's like everyone's so nice and they love each other and like even the small business owners they just care about the community. No, no. All my family up until this generation grew up in small towns. Small towns are just as cruel and vindictive than big cities and worse because the poverty there is generational. Yeah, like well, small yeah, towns no are toxic. To I get that. I literally live what? in a small town right now, kind of, uh, but also yeah, – Small towns are so I much worse than so cities socially. I place here. Like seriously. Uh, but my, <laughs> my sister lives in a small town right now of 300 people and like – She's had neighbors get murdered in broad daylight. Yeah, small towns sake. are like, where seriously. monsters gather. Yeah, uh, essentially. Seriously, but yeah, small towns are trash. I fucking hate movies that portray small towns as good and big cities as bad, no matter I, what. Like, I hate that. There's bullshit. a difference between it's, the two. I suppose. It's, it's I don't think any one is yeah. particularly worse than the other. Small towns do tend to have a bad, like, social conservatism it, to them it, that I, I, I know. I know. I come across. Uh, into, at least. I, I, I come to. I, I, I'm coming um, across here as like online leftist, but like this movie's really like reactionary in a stupid way I hate it <laughs> I think Taylor's really reactionary in a stupid way no, no, you yes. can agree with that <laughs> um, but yeah like I said uh, this movie sucks shit I hated it so uh, it was boring Dave. and it annoyed me what were you saying Dave damn uh, uh, Taylor's no, though and I think this argument's full of a bunch of kind of dumb generalizations uh, but uh, yeah, there is some generalization. No, none of us can make a Taylor, uh, eye contact with Taylor right now because uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's got a stick so far up his ass that he's like <laughs> higher on his chair. Look, I don't. I wouldn't say this movie is reactionary. It some of the politics revolving I around the, that at all. The this. bank owners are a little bit annoying because uh, yeah, I'm they're sorry. Not the sort I of people I, that you should pity. Like, no, no yeah. not at all. Yeah, why would you pity a small business owner, especially yeah. of a financial institution? Like, yeah, yeah a financial institution not. that is also committing fraud. Like, yeah. <laughs> like fuck right. out of here. Um, well, they, they but, said they wouldn't lie about how much was stolen. And also <laughs> the idea that the, 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 uh, the criminals can get off just by being so nice and being loved by the town. Like, well, that's pretty But that's just bullshit. stupid feel-good movie stuff. That's, that's just common of the era and also common of like tons of movies that are like that you i mean know, I it's guess. like bad person learns their lesson and gets redeemed that's like been a story arc of i don't know how many movies yeah i know but, generations going back millennia that's why i said it's reactionary it's literally <laughs> reactionary going back but, all the way to fucking millennia taylor uh, wants more people in prison he, he wanted them to yeah, get arrested i was you know listen joe biden signed the crime bill i was in favor of that okay <laughs> i voted for it but what i will say about this movie i think the be the beginning of the movie is really bad honestly uh, yeah. Uh, until they get to Paradise, Pennsylvania, it's yeah. bad. Um, it's, oh, it's insufferable. Yeah. That's by far the worst part of the movie. Yeah. I mean, there was, there's um, a lot of fat that could have been trimmed. But, uh, yeah, it was called the entire 110 minute running time. <laughs> but once they get to the bank robbery, uh, the movie starts to pick up and it becomes fairly solid movie, I suppose. I, and I will say, I think the bank robbery is probably the highlight of this movie. That's the funniest part. It It's the only part I laughed at twice. You know, the yeah. first time seeing it and then this time even I though, did have a little bit of a chuckle. Again. Even though I did not like this movie at all, I will say the bank robbery was probably the highlight of the film mm. for me. Yeah, it was, it's a good part. Good, but, uh, good shite. And as it gets towards the end and more things happen, it gets better. But um, 
Whenever they're trying to kind of advance the plot line and they feel like they have to squeeze in a joke because it's a comedy movie, those jokes are very bad. But when when there's scenes that are written to be comedic scenes, those are good. And uh, I, I, um, Another problem I have with this movie is it just seems really thematically confused. Like, I feel yeah. like this movie is trying to be like a borderline family film, but it's like PG-13. Yeah, it, like, it, what? it does weirdly try to toe the line of like feel good holiday movie and like weird crime fucking comedy. Yeah, well, I and, think and this it does was really... before where you could dive into full irony and like something that was supposed to be like, you know, big. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. A fairly big budget because you couldn't like dive full into full subversion back in the, the early 90s. No, and, and not, like I'm not that, expecting a movie but... to do that, but I'm expecting a movie to be at least somewhat thematically coherent in a movie where I'm like okay so how am I supposed to fucking feel and not like in a way that's like challenging it's just a way that it seems confused yeah so yeah I, I, I didn't know what this movie was trying to go for to be honest it just it, it, yeah I don't, I don't know, know. It, it seems fairly normal to me I think it was kind of a little bit of a subversion in that just it takes that feel good feel and adds a bunch of like you know violent criminals to it and I think that was kind of funny that's what makes the bank robbery funny too because they're also just really bad at what they're doing but um I don't think it's awful. I don't think it's good. I probably wouldn't really watch this of my own volition again, like intently. Oh, me um, neither. Yeah. I might throw I mean, it on in the background around Christmas time. To for yeah, uh, it's as far I, as I'm I might concerned, rewatch the bank robbery scene sometime. It's just a fine a middle of the road. Yeah, I mean, mm. I'm I'm not trying to make it sound like uh, you know I think this is a masterpiece. Because uh, we've just basically watched a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, and I will say I'm, I'm glad that we all had very differing opinions on this movie. It's yeah, kind of nice. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's – um. Even though you're wrong, obviously. It is but the first yeah, There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. I mean you guys are wrong. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with being wrong. I will wrong. say I this do have a the softer, best movie ever made. <laughs> I have a softer spot a little bit for this movie than I do a lot of other movies in this bracket. I think it's definitely – I mean, I would take this over a lot of shit. As, I'm, as, I, as I said before, I would rather watch Outcast in this movie. That I would is not. Insane. Absolutely not. I can't even remember most of Outcast at this point. I, honestly like, I feel like Outcast like is incompetent in a very enjoyable way. I, I don't disagree. Think, I think there's nothing enjoyable about the incompetence <laughs> of Outcast. That was borderline torture. Uh, <laughs> But you felt the same way about this movie, so uh, uh, yeah. We all have our opinions. Yeah, they're like ass- opinions are like assholes. Uh, Some are covered in shit more than others. Uh, We're all sh- covered in shit here. Absolutely. But uh, I don't know. That's that's all I kind of really have to say about this. Um, no, I can't wait to get to the vote. <laughs> oh, I did, do we have any trivia or Amazon reviews? Oh, I do have some Amazon reviews, including. Uh, it's this is not gonna this is not gonna back my point well, but just the worst people are like in this movie. Just <laughs> some of the worst people like this movie. Um, oh, really? Some of the worst people like this movie? Really? You know, like some of the things about this that I liked, or it reminds me of other like comedy movies, kind of from this era. Like I don't know, it reminds me a little bit of like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and I like that movie. I haven't watched that in probably like eight years or something like that. But, yeah. You know, well, I'm just saying like. Uh, next time there's an actual Christmas, uh, if I have to like wrap presents, I'm going to be getting drunk and watching <laughs> Trapped in Paradise and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation back right. to back. Oh, oh man, you're, oh God. Uh, so Kim. That's a, that's a spicy combination there. Um, Kim, uh, wrote a review that is titled, look into my eyes. Watch this. Um, <laughs> 
This is all. This is to all the uninitiated paradisers. If you do not pop this movie on, you are skipping one of the greatest sleeper hits in movie history. The comedic timing and chemistry between the characters is so funny. I've laughed until tears rolled down. Well, here's the part I was going to try to not mention till later. Uh, Kim uh, wrote a review called Look Into My Eyes and attached a picture of her eyes uh, to this review. And I'll, uh, here, I'll show you guys this picture here. <laughs> what? Um, I clipped it out. It's uh, really weird. Uh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, She's got hooded eyes. Uh, I I feel on that. To be pain. fair, not not terrible eyes though. There's yeah. not terrible there, eyes. There's she did a good job eyes, with her so. eyeliner. But yeah. I, 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 all true things. <laughs> but I'm just saying, maybe she had this picture of her eyes and she thought, damn, that's a pretty good picture of my eyes. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna find a way to post this yeah. wherever the fuck. My, I my yeah, eyeballs I are on fleek right happen. now. I'm so, gonna post this shit. I mean, more yeah. power to her. Uh, but she says, uh, so funny that uh, tears have rolled down her those eyes pictured above. Uh, warning may cause hysterical fits of laughter so hard you lose feeling in your cheeks. If you love humor at all, this is one for a study. It's a simple town, and some would argue a simplistic script, but it's so much more. Trust me, you do what you do, and I do what I do. What I do is put this on when I want to. <laughs> LMAO. Hey, hey, listen. All right, where's this woman's place so I can beat the fuck out of her? Because that review sucks, and she's uh, wrong. She's got nice eyes, but she does, um, and I don't want to give her a black eye or anything like that. But her reviews are fucking awful. Yeah, I'm not gonna say uh, any words in particular, but she's basically got the brain of David uh, Carvey's character in this movie. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, yeah, definitely. Paul Flesher writes a uh, fun family Christmas fair, enjoyable for all. Some will say sappy, but this happens to be a fun family Christmas movie. And what the heck is wrong with that? <laughs> I'm you gonna, know, I'm going to repeat that one more time. And what the heck is wrong with that? I will take this one about criminals uh, robbing a bank over your typical, like, you know, like family Christmas movie, I got to say. You know, uh, I, like, I'll take a little bit of, you know, interesting shit happening. So, yeah. I mean, what the heck is wrong with that? What I, the heck is wrong with that? Yeah, I'll what's, take what's, the, what's the matter with that? I'm glad to know that um, as far as smart people liking this movie, uh, I'm the only one. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Amazon customer writes, Ghost of Christmas movie past. Pay, pay the ghost of Christmas movies past. Uh, I saw that Cage uh, and either they uh, spelt, misspelled Carvey or they think that he's Jim Carrey. Uh, I saw that Cage, Carrey, and Lovitz were in a Christmas movie together and wondered, why haven't I heard of this movie before? I watched this film and never wanted to celebrate Christmas again. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And this one says, funny, but uh, the movie has some funny parts, but overall is one of those bad movies. What should have never been made. I don't like movies like this, which is an insult to the intelligence of the audience. One star. By the way, (laughs) what was the name of that person again? Uh, Reza Ganjavi. Oh, that, that's my username on Amazon. So that Did, was, that was yeah. me. <laughs> uh, you are a real estate agent by the name of Reza yeah. uh, Ganjavi. I, I wrote that review under a pseudonym because I was afraid of people. Uh, Is it Reza? Sending, sending me uh, death threats. It was Reza Pahlavi, uh, uh, the former Shah of Iran. Yeah. Oh, so that was okay. the guy who did it. Um, so, Yeah. <laughs> Mixed bag there. Mixed bag there. Um, a lot, uh, and then 
uh, all the other reviews uh, were in German. So. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Did did they also have a 3D Blu-ray copy? <laughs> so y'all want my thoughts on this shit or what? Oh, yeah, yes, let's get absolutely. your summary, dude. Too fucking bad because I didn't do one. Oh, well. I, I, <laughs> I, I tried gonna... to find something fucking stupid to play over my phone, but I just wanted to watch a video of fucking uh, Peppy from Star Fox saying do a barrel roll and kind of... <laughs> Then I lost track of what the movie was about. And... I'm going I'm to pay that crow to say, fuck you, Dave. <laughs> fuck you. By the way, you're going to make it go like, man, fuck you. Man, fuck you. We need a durst crow. Yeah. A durst crow, hell yeah, dude. I guess that kind of wraps up everything we have to say, unless anybody has anything else to say about Oh, uh, I have nothing fuck else to you. Add. Yeah. All right. Uh, we only didn't vote. Uh, I was going to say, Dave, yeah, well, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. do, do you, do you want to do the countdown? Um. Yeah, Dave, do you want to do the countdown, Dave? Fuck you! Oh, okay. <laughs> no. I'll play the crow saying that. But, um, alright, I'll do the countdown. Three, two, one. Play the crow! Red, Red Rock, Rock West. West. Yeah, unanimous. Oh, alright. <laughs> I knew I was going to vote for Red Rock West, but I wasn't going to go down without defending my homeboy trapped in oh, paradise and I, I will say i am so glad that was by unanimous decision because i do not want to watch this movie again like i gotta say here uh overall i don't really know if i even want to watch red rock west again it's a good movie but it's not the type of movie i usually and, sit down and, and i watch. will say even though i did really um, like this movie i feel like the impact would be far diminished on subsequent yeah. reviewings i really do and my thought on uh trapped in paradise was like you know this is you know like feel good stupidity and i can get behind that so i was thinking about voting for it but at the end of the day after my first rewatch of trapped in paradise my thought was you know this time a lot of the humor is just kind of gone and lost on me and i bet if i watched it a third time again for this bracket it's just gonna be so beaten into the ground that i'm gonna end up hating it yeah, yeah. you're gonna feel like me after the first viewing <laughs> yeah and uh i i i will put this on as background and, noise during Christmas, but not this year because I've watched this movie twice in the past year and I think I'm good for a while. And you'll hey, listen, though. It's I, actually I, been very slightly over a year since last uh, time. Okay. We and you'll because listen, I remember I, I the first like, time we watched uh, this was on my birthday. Oh, was it? Oh, really? oh, yeah, yeah that's uh, right. You did have to watch this on your that's birthday. Funny. But I will say, to be fair, I do love, like, feel good, like, Christmas and holiday stuff. I genuinely really do. It's just that this movie, I feel like, just, just was trash in comparison to what I usually like. Mm. In regards I don't to know. That. Like, See, like I said, like stuff like, uh, and it's not like re- feel good, feel good, but like you know stuff like National Lampoon's, uh, you know Christmas, and like all of the other reindeer from when I was a little kid or something like that. Like stuff like that. Like I can still watch that and, and fuck with it, but this movie I felt like was just just so confused in its messaging. I just didn't understand it. Want me to get a little too real here? <laughs> Go for it. Uh-oh. I watched this movie and I looked at it and I was like, wow, this represents a kind of small town normality of life that I will never be able to have anymore. And, uh, and that's just because the world's fucking falling apart and turning uh, turning fascist. That too. Yeah, and it made me a little sad and wistful. <laughs> but, it didn't at all. I think, I think um, that was always like a facade. But yes, anyways, like I said, Red Rock West, definitely my pick. I fucking loved that movie. I thought it was cool, but but yeah, subsequent reviewings probably not great, but still Nick Cage his performance was really good. Dennis Hopper is always a pleasure. I fucking love Dennis Hopper. Um, he's even a stud, even in bad movies, in my opinion, like Easy Rider, he still does a good job. Um, and uh, all the other extra actors and stuff like that, they did good too for the most part. Uh, if if you ever do get a chance, though, I would recommend Blood Simple over this movie. I feel like it probably holds up a little bit better, and I feel like it's a more artistically interesting film. 
Maybe next uh, next time I'll watch Blood Simple instead of watching Red Rock West a third time. And like <laughs> I said, Blood Simple came out 10 years prior. Time. Oh, you no, know, you did yeah. watch it. And also, you know, talking about once again, a husband who's a bar owner who gets like who has a lot of money that is going to get stolen from him. Yeah. So Blood Simple has a lot in common with Red Rock West. They might have actually stole the script from that movie. <laughs> Well, um, Red Rock West will go up against the winner of uh, the next episode that's about to come out, which will be World Trade Center versus The Family Man. We we are we are foreshadowing the 9-11 episode two hours from 9-11. So that's pretty close. That's pretty close. Yeah, that is and good. also, uh, I, I try not to let anything interfere with my annual 9-11 barbecue. Mm. Um, and so yeah. I just wouldn't have the time to watch the movies. Where I generally get two giant hot dogs and then yeah. I throw baseballs at them. And then when they all fall down, that's when we all celebrate. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, so uh, I know, listeners, it, this will it will probably have passed for you. Well, it will certainly have passed for you by the time you hear this. But I hope you have a happy 9-11. Uh, celebrate responsibly. I and hope your 9-11 was pretty good. And you know what? We like to splurge on sparklers for this day. Mm-hmm. But and listen, don't forget to, 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 Roman candle. To celebrate the anniversary of 9-11, go on the Cage Fight store and we are having a discount special on box cutters. Uh, <laughs> offer code um, Al Jazeera. No. Uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Uh, was it? No. Uh, uh, code code Cage 11 to get to 11% off nine orders of box cutters. Yeah. yeah. You, see, you guys see Bin Laden's niece is a Trump supporter. This is true, actually. I did see that. Yeah. yeah. And a Laura Luma. Uh, Laura, Laura, Laura Loomer. Loomer yeah. Uh, Laura lookalike. Loomer. Yes. Uh, but uh, she's like packing well uh we'll see you um we'll see you next time but we won't actually see you (laughs) next time and speaking of 9-11 another national tragedy which is the next episode of cage fight so exactly Uh, (laughs) go uh, fuck yourself argo fuck yourself (laughs) argo Argo fuck yourself there's nothing to do with 9-11 that's not even the same country no i just before before signing off i just wanted to let the listeners know that argo fuck fuck themselves yeah so. And uh, if you're starved for Christmas movies, check out Trapped in Paradise. If you're uh, starved for thrillers, check out Red Rock West. And, and actually, freaking Die Hard's a freaking – is that a freaking Christmas that, – uh, Yeah, a freaking, no, but I think I, Die Hard I, is a Christmas like movie. Yeah, freaking, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, right? basically yeah. a freaking Christmas oh my, movie. Oh, yeah. my God. What? It takes place like on Christmas, That's, right? No one has ever said that before. That's what basically fuck? a fucking I'm, – I'm a bit different. So uh, when everybody else is watching Home Alone, I like to watch Die Hard and Gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. This has been a solid work production. Solid work. Solid work. Uh, Solid work. Hey, solid work.